Hey, this is Mateo Lane. I'm Emma Wilman. And this is Inside the Closet. Inside the Closet. All right, here we are. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Closet. Um, Inside the Closet. So on our Patreon, I talked a little bit about Howard Stern. Yes. Because uh, I was on the Howard Stern show last week. And then I thought maybe this week we could just sort of go in depth with what actually, what, like what when it's me, how sure. I got into the Stern show and how fucking nervous I was. Yeah, I'd love to do that. And also I'm Emma Wilman and that is Mateo Lane. Oh, I never say our name. I know. It's just in case, just if, just in case it's your first time. Welcome to the show. No, welcome you're right. Show. By the way, Howard welcome. Stern said your name three times on the show. Thank you so much. So this is me, Emma. Isn't now, it cool to have Howard Stern say your name? So cool. And I got a bunch of messages about it. And that was really exciting. And I appreciate that you did that very much. Now, but- Tyler looked up how many, Tyler, who's our intern, Tyler Mead, follow him on Instagram. Mm-hmm. He um, looked up to see how many listeners Howard has. And Howard has over 10 million listeners on a daily wow. basis. Wow. Oh, my God. Talk about, I mean, yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's just, I can't, I can't even imagine what an impact. That's a lot yeah, of people. It's a lot of people. That's it's like so, all of New York City. It's, it, I don't think it's just because of 2020 and everything. Right away, I was like, oh, that's a lot of criticism that you're going to be getting. But will you walk me through your relationship with Howard Stern? Like the first time you ever heard him or a little bit what that meant to you? Just like, like from the beginning, when was the first time you ever heard of Howard Stern? The first time I ever heard of Howard Stern was that movie Private Parts he made in the 90s. Yes. I remember my Aunt Cindy liking that movie and seeing the picture of him with the Chrysler building. Like, he was like this. And then the Chrysler mm-hmm. building was kind of mm-hmm. like his dick. Um, my, so I, my family is all big Stern fans. My Aunt Cindy, my, my, specifically my Uncle Michael. Uh, uh, he's been a Stern fan forever. And... Um, but I never really got into Stern because one, I didn't have, we didn't have the radio here. And then two, we didn't have cable, so I couldn't watch him on E. How would they listen to him? My cousin Michael did get him somehow. Maybe he did, he was syndicated in Chicago on K Rock. And then they'd watch the E show. And then Howard oh. went to Sirius. And then, then he got Howard 101. I literally forgot that he was, I just always associate him with Sirius so much. Right. Of course he used to be syndicated and in different markets. He would like destroy other people. Like if you had a radio show in Philadelphia, even if he didn't know you, he would, they would go to Philadelphia like within weeks, just destroy these. Really? Yeah. I mean, Howard was so aggressive in the nineties and the eighties. I, here's how I fell in love with Howard Stern. Because I love Howard and Robin. I, when I used to storyboard, um, when I was 22 years old, 23 years old, I would, to, when you're storyboarding, if you don't know what storyboarding is, you're illustrating TV commercials or fashion ads. Mm-hmm. So you're just drawing for hours and hours and you're alone. So I would watch YouTube or I would watch, listen to podcasts or whatever. And then, you know, how YouTube like recommends things. Yes, of course. You one like this, them, you might like that. Exactly. And so they're good. One, the YouTube ones are good. They are. I mean, yeah. they. so one of them said Howard Stern and um, Richard Simmons. And I thought Howard Stern and Richard Simmons, like I keep in mind, I knew nothing about the Howard Stern show. So, but I do know Richard Simmons. And I thought, what fuck are those two doing together? Right. I didn't realize Howard Stern had Richard Simmons on more than anybody. And in oh, I didn't know that. That's show. funny. 
and they were really close friends. So it's all his eighties. Mm. I listened to one and it's, it was batshit crazy, funny as fuck. I was laughing hysterical. Howard would make fun of Richard. Richard would make fun of Howard, but you could tell they loved each other. Richard um, Simmons was funny. I didn't know that. Oh my God. Emma. I just can picture him. I mean, I have him, I have him branded in my head and I had to dress up like him once two years ago for this TV pilot that didn't air. Thank God. Cause I had to dress up like Richard Simmons. Um, <laughs> But I mean, I was, I just looked totally ridiculous in those little, little shorts, but I can picture him and I picture him pumping his hands with that, lifting oh, his leg he'd, up. He'd yeah. come in, Howard! And like, oh God, Richard. Howard, give me a kiss, Howard. I want a hug. Robin, give me a hug. And then, would you sit down? You're mincing around the goddamn studio. I can see your balls. Howard, how dare you? Now look, Howard, I have these Barbies. This Barbie is the Parisian Barbie and your daughter would love them. I'm not giving my daughter that fucking Barbie. Howard, you said you're going to give that daughter... Like they would just scream Howard. And then Richard would always leave crying. Howard would say one thing. And then that was it. Richard was out. So like one time Howard's like, why don't you just admit you like Barbara Streisand? Cause you think her, her nose looks like a penis and how, and Richard's like, how dare you that she is sacred to me. She's sacred to me. <laughs> and he would leave. No, no, Richard, don't go. Richard, please don't go. And then of course, a week later, Richard Simmons comes back in the studio and it just, I became addicted to it. And then I listened to all the Richard Simmons. Right. He cried and about Barbara Streisand. And cry. that's so funny. The Emma, gayest, every, every the gayest thing I ever heard. Cry. And I watched gay porn. <laughs> I mean, that's so gay. To say, don't make fun of Barbara Streisand. She means so much to me and leave. I and love I'm it. on Richard's side. I love Barbara Streisand. Sure, sure, sure. So I, I listened to like the 30 some appearances of Richard Simmons. I went through the whole wow gamut the whole saga of Richard Simmons and then I realized I like Howard Stern mm. so I started listening to other and then I became obsessed with all the whack packers which are these sort of like strange characters of people that are always sort of orbiting the show Beetlejuice Eric the actor you know I have- I actually know them because I, I had to roast I got hired to roast them once and I I didn't what I, yeah I didn't know well okay so I I was in New York and someone reached out to me and was like, would you be interested in doing a roast? And I was like, I no, I'm not a, and this is before like comedy central roasting. This is like, this is maybe this is years and years ago. And I was like, no. And then for some fucking reason, they were like, we really want you to, um, it was elephant man. I think Eric, yes. the actor. And Eric then the act- oh, and Eric I believe the a little person favorite. was there a little person Beetlejuice. So they said, will you roast these people? And I said, no. And then I was like, only if I can hire someone to write the jokes, I can't write roast jokes. So they, they hired someone to write these jokes. And then I ended up writing them with the person. But the problem was I didn't know these people and the people that know them know them so well. So during the roast, I had a joke about, I think elephant man. Yeah. I had a joke about him and I looked at the wrong person. And like I said, okay, like looking, like say I'm talking to you and I'm like, right. I call you, I'm like, okay, well, Tyler. And then the people that know were all like, <gasps> and I didn't know what a culture this was. So I fucked up and I'm sorry. And they were actually really cool about it. Like they were all like, <gasps> and then they just were like, we're like, whatever. But so I do, I am familiar with them. But so, so you, you felt- met Eric, the actor. Is he kind of good? He's really tiny in a wheelchair. He passed oh. away a couple years ago. God, I would think I would remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Wait, and did they have did they have a running thing where they would get him like strippers? Yes, they got him strippers. Okay, because he was yeah. Eric the actor I did meet him. the show, and then Howard really liked him because he was like 
you know, he he just was a strange character. He was a, he was a little person in a wheelchair, and he was supposed yes. to. Uh, he wasn't supposed to live very long, mm. and he would call on the show with these heavy criticisms. And Howard just loved having him on because he would criticize the show all the time. Well, what and would then, he say? I mean, things like you know, why don't you talk about Kelly Clarkson, American Idol, you piece of shit. And then they'd be like, you, you piece of shit, Eric. And then Artie Lang would argue with Eric all the time. And then Eric got into this huge drama where he was dating this porn star. And then they revealed he yes. wasn't dating this porn star. And then Eric, you know, was, uh, had a guy with him who was going to hire him as a hitman. Like, just all <laughs> God, I wish I knew this and knew you then. Because this was so, like, it was literally like I had just been back in New York. It was so bizarre, but I would have given you this job oh my god been... i would have i would yeah eric the actor i became obsessed with him and um he actually passed away maybe like four or five years ago something all like right that. i was devastated now was it was it howard's questions or just his chemistry with richard or what do you think it was that that shifted it from being like oh i like listening to this person to being like i love this person well because the older howard got throughout the years i think a lot of people especially in very like woke pc culture would listen to Howard Stern. He was like, I mean, he was just unhinged. He mm. was somebody who had a lot of rage, but was hysterical, but said everything you're not supposed to say. Talked about sex inappropriately, talked about flatulence, talked about, you know, race, talked about homosexuality, talked about, you know, and, and I felt, even though now that wouldn't stand, I felt as though Howard definitely came from a, a place of curiosity mm. rather than trying to be extreme right the key I mean, the key the key that's the key and it's i think key. A, right and curiosity. i think a lot of quote-unquote shock jocks are more like scientists like putting chemicals to see what how people react right. whereas howard was genuinely curious talking to his mother his mother ray would call oh howard don't talk to richard that way ma when's the last time you shaved Howard, I'm not discussing this on the air. Howard, mom, when's the last time? When's the last time you gave dad a blowjob? Howard, you know, like these types of questions. Right. And, and people just, half the listeners listened because they couldn't believe what they were hearing. The other half loved it. Now, this and, is maybe dumb. Do you feel like he was the, because now the, so much of the third wall is broken with podcasting and speaking right, people speaking right to camera. But do you feel like maybe he was the one of the original, like breaking the, he broke, Aww. he changed the way we see everything. Mm. Um, he changed comedy. He changed radio. He changed TV. He changed movies. He changed He made it very dialogue. me to you. Like, I, and this is me. I'm just from what I'm gathering. He made it like, I'm speaking to you personal. This is me to you. It made it really not seem like there's this huge media conglomerate in between you and him. Yeah, I would say the core of Howard, and I think the reason why he's still so successful is his uh, honesty. Mm. Now, this being said, lots of things he did were, but they would never fly today. Also, ever. imagine talking that much, though. I mean, I can't. I six hours a day? Six hours a day. Let me tell you, you, you get me 20 minutes in, it'd be like every day. You know, you're going to say something about something to someone. The first I mean, thing he, I thought he, when you said 10 was, million was. He was going for it. Sure. But here's, here's the thing about Howard that people don't understand. When they hear you do the Howard Stern show, half people know what the transformation he's made. The other half just think he's still talking about tits. Right. So, which he does. I mean, that still is who he is. You know, he's still, that's, we'll get to when I was on his show. But um, he went through years of self discovery and four to five days of therapy and psychoanalysts wow. and 
God, change, that's a heavy light, schedule. And, and, and things from, you know, like on the show, the word fag used to be used all the time. And he was like, I remember here, it was maybe like late 90s and him just, and to hear Howard Stern amongst all these bro guys and just say, hey, 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 we're not saying that anymore. Wow. Why not? Well, I'm telling you why not, because we we all know gay people and we have gay friends. And you know right. what? It's not fair to those people that you're saying this word or that word. Like to hear not just it's not like he was going through therapy and came out the other end was like, I'm fixed. You sure. went through it with him. Right. And as a result, the fact that he's already so smart and so self-aware and then learned about therapy now makes him the best interviewer of all time. Mm, therapy, because also the insight that it offers and you allows you to have that extended towards other people. Does he, did he share what the impetus was for the therapy? Just a lot of, um, I mean, he had OCD. Mm. Um, he had a lot of uh, rage, a lot of pain from his childhood, which he, of course, made it so funny. I mean, right. he would talk about he was one of two white kids in an all-black neighborhood in mm. Long Island. Oh, yeah. And the day that um, Martin Luther King was shot, all his mother's black friends said, do not send Howard to school. And she's like, we're not afraid of black people. We're sending my son to school. And so he went to school and got his ass kicked. Mm. <laughs> but he has all the, and then on top of the fact that Howard tells these really honest stories about his childhood and he's super honest about what they talked about in his home. You have Robin on the show. Right, what's her story? I Robin, just don't know from the movie. That's all I know. I saw the movie years and years and years ago when I first started doing guesting stuff on Sirius XM. I remember watching that. Robin was originally a nurse in the army or in the military. Wow. And then she got a job as a news girl for, I think it was in DC um, on the radio, just saying the news like, and today, and so Howard, I, I believe it was when he was in DC, may have been another city, but I, I'm 90% sure it's DC. When she came on the show, she would say the news and Howard interrupt her and say, Robin, what do you think of this? And she'd respond. Right. And then every day they kept talking and talking and talking. And so when Howard moved to NBC, um, he was like, I, I think originally Robin wasn't on. And then he fought for Robin to come on because he knew that their chemistry was the show. Yes, and I remember since, that from the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's, it's been Robin and Howard ever since. Wow. And they, they have such a unique dynamic between them and listening to them talk to me is like a, like a warm, hot chocolate. You know what I mean? I mean like six it's hours comfort. a day, Mateo. That is insane. What yeah, they, people don't understand when you're in this business, six I hours mean, a day is not an easy task. Now, this is they take pee breaks, obviously. They're not like peeing in their feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then I remember Artie Lang. I forget if the movie touched on him. No, Artie had not been, Artie had not come into the Stern universe yet. Um, uh, Jackie was still there. And then Jackie, who was like his side guy, decided when they moved to Sirius that he wanted more money. And Howard said, you know, obviously you're getting whatever else gets. And he walked away from the show, which was the biggest mistake of his career. Um, Jackie, the joke, girl, I have no idea. Mm. but then they brought in a, but they had a bunch of like rotating chairs of right like who could the, the third person be and Artie Lane came on and it was great because Artie is exactly Artie right right he's the best storyteller yes made the show 
to me, the golden years of the Howard Stern show was Artie Lang years. Yeah, when he was more, when, were, yes, absolutely. I actually think I met Jackie the Joke. Is that, am I insane? Was no, he ever around I, New York? Yeah, I remember him at that Caroline's Halloween uh, holiday party. Something like, like that, yeah. Ago. Or, or I, kind of, I also remember like seeing him in this room. Oh, yeah, he must have made a big mistake because I was doing this room, Catch Rising Star in like a holiday inn in like the back room. And I think he was there the weekend before me. So. Yeah. But I mean, our Artie, who we both know and we sure. see him at the, obviously yep. struggles with drug addiction and Artie said on the show to Howard and Hart, Artie was huge on the Howard Stern show. And Artie said to Howard, I promise you this will end badly. Oh no. And, and Howard said, don't say that. And you don't mean that. Blah, blah. Yeah. And Artie said, I promise you. This will end bad, and that it did, because Artie started getting into fights and coming in on heroin and coming in on the show. You like there was like so there was so much Artie. As much as you love him, he's one of those people where it's like all that good that you feel, you're gonna get the same with the bad. Yeah, and so it's like I don't know if anybody at the Stern show was prepared for it. And they had heartbreaking. Gary and you know Richard and you know it just was. What kind of fights were these fights on air? Oh my God, everything's done on the air. That's so the crazy it... thing about the Howard Stern shows. If there's a problem, it's always discussed on the air. Also, six hours a day, you're almost hoping you're like, I hope someone's got a problem with something. Feel all about <laughs> 20 minutes over here. I think one thing people should listen to go to YouTube and listen to Howard Stern 9 11 and mm-hmm. listen to the day of 9 11 through mm-hmm. the Howard Stern show because it is a piece of history. It's you start to really remember that day and feel that day through the timeline of Howard and they're chatting about Pamela Anderson, blah, blah. And then, Hey, a, a, a plane just flew into the world. Oh my God. And then they're just like, what a bunch of fucking idiots. We knew this goddamn day was going to come blah, blah, yep. blah, this and that. And then, you know, they start, they keep talking about Pamela and they had no idea. They keep talking about Pamela Anderson. A second plane flew into the tower. I mean, chills. Everyone stops okay, we're being attacked. And then you start to get, because the news just had news reporters. Howard had cab drivers calling, people on rooftops in Brooklyn. Right. You know, and they, they had all these New Yorkers right. calling in the show to share their experience. And, and, and at that moment, and Howard said, I'm not getting out of this building. We're doing this show. We're reporting everything. We're, you know, it's, he's just had such an incredible history. And mm. I fell in love with his show and specifically Howard and Robin. Um, they just brought me so much entertainment. It was a goal of mine. It was always a goal of mine. I said, one day I, you know, before he retires his show, I, I, I have to meet Howard. And you had done the wrap up show. So tell me about how you got started on the wrap up show. So the wrap up show, um, is a show that happens after the Howard Stern show. And it's hosted by John Hine and Gary Delabate. Gary Delabate, for those who don't know, is the producer of the Howard Stern show. And um, oh, he fun. goes by Baba Booey. Everyone knows Baba Booey. You know, people break right. phone calling on the. So um, a Nick, who is a producer on the show, heard me on Matt Rogers and Bowen Yang's podcast years ago, Las Culturistas. Oh yeah. And I was talking about how Howard Stern was a huge influence, and right. so then he looked me up, thought it was oh, that's funny, great. took my information, brought it to Gary. Gary thought it was funny, and then they brought me on the wrap up show. Isn't and that then, crazy? It's that's why it's so important to be saying what who you admire and what you want to just so it's like when you're in an Uber and you are like, I need a charger, but you don't ask. And then you're like, it, just ask, just put it out there. So then if they've got it, they'll plug it in. 
It's exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I went on the show and it went great. And then they had me on a couple more times and uh, all the producers there were like, hopefully one day, you know, we can get you on Howard's show. And But out of sight, out of mind. Right. And then I woke up to an email last week from the producer and he said, to Brandano and he said, tomorrow they're doing the prettiest penis contest and my god they want a third judge do you want to do it sure do i was like (laughs) now were they really showing pictures of people's like full-on penises they sent the so the way it worked because now everything's done remote right right so they do this prettiest penis contest i didn't know if it was going to be like a half hour segment it was me glazer and ralph from the show Okay. So thank God Nikki was there. So right. I'm going to have Nikki on this show. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, so they sent me all the equipment and they sent me like a giant folder with all the pictures and said, open this up on the show because you can't show dicks on Zoom. Okay, that's kind of what I, wait, wait, you can't show dicks on, so it's a Zoom regulation, not a serious regulation? Yes, it's a Zoom regulation. Wow. So people can't follow along visually. It's like you describing like this one's kind of curved or whatever. Right, but then- okay. th- they they have the people on the show. So let's take a quick break before and then All right, we'll take a quick back, break. We're gonna talk about the actual show. Okay. Um All right, we're back. Um, so yeah. I got that email from Steve Brandano asking if I wanted to do the Howard Stern show. So I, of course, said yes for Cox. Yeah, sure do. Right. And, oh, I was so nervous, Emma. What do you do when you're nervous? Also, I'm doing more of an interview with Mateo because this is such a significant thing for us. So if this is your first time listening, more, it's usually more of a conversation, but now I got my interview hat on. Well, Emma's a very good I love doing interviews. That's oh, yeah. The thing That's is, what Emma's I want. a great I, I interviewer. I love doing interviews. You're a much better interviewer than I am. So it's just practice. Yeah. You just it's just practice. And then um, Ron Bennington said once to listen to other things that people have done so you can like ask some questions or it won't be different, which obviously I didn't do for this, but just because well, I mean, it's like, well, just just, and right, right before we were like, let's let's do it this way. But <laughs> um, but I love to I it's I it's fun. You know what it is? It gives me control to ask whatever I want to ask. That's true. And we've actually never done this before. I think we did one about you coming. I forget. Maybe, maybe not. But it, no, because okay. I was supposed to do. Remember, you were doing that like quarantine interview series. Yes. And you were like, "Would you want to be on the show?" Which I love that you asked that question, as if I would be like, "I'm busy." <laughs> well, but but also I yeah I guess also thinking I was like, yeah, true, true. Yeah, imagine you're like, can't I'm in Bermuda. I'm like, no, you're not, motherfucker. I'm doing inside the closet with you ne- the next week. Oh, but, Tyler Mead, our intern, says the episode with Zach Noah Towers is more of a formal interview. See, when I was gone, Zach oh yeah, about being sober. Okay, so I actually just was on. He is a podcast, and he's Zach Noah Towers is a funny comedian. He's in L.A. and he's doing them in person. So I did it with him yesterday, actually. And he asked you about your sexual history from like A to Z. Oh so my! That God. was fun for me. I hadn't talked that, about sex like that in a minute. I wouldn't even know how to respond. My it's sexual fun. history whatever you want to share too i mean it's not right you know what i mean it's not like a setup but so okay so now i totally lost my train of thought with the questionings the questions so 
you get the you get the email. Do you? Oh yeah, prettiest penis. So you get the folder of the penises. Right. So the penis having people are there on the show. Yes. So it was me, what? Nikki Glazer, and Ralph. Ralph is a, a staple in the Howard Stern show. And then they had the three guys who submitted their dicks. How were those three chosen? They must have been chosen out of. I'm sure. Tons. I don't know how they chose them. I'm sure. Richard and Sal or Gary or whomever went through to, to find them. But mm. they, uh, I didn't know how long the segment was going to be. So I wrote down with Nikki, we went, we went to cellar. We went to the cellar the night before and just wrote down some penis jokes just in case. <laughs> and um, although I worked better off the cup, to be honest with you. Right. So they said, be on at 7.45. So I woke up at six and I started to panic because I had everything set up in my kitchen and my laptop, it, on, it has never done this before. Never in my entire life. It just, it just started to update. And I was starting to panic because I was yeah. like, why of right. all fucking days is right. this the day? It's just giving it's you like, the finger. Instead oh of the little God. circle thing with updating, it's just like someone giving you the finger like over and over again. And you're like, and it, and you're blinking like, am I seeing that right? And it was 7.05 and it said it's going to take 39 minutes. What the fuck so, kind of update is this? I was, I mean, I was like, don't panic, don't panic, don't panic, don't panic. You can do it on the iPad. You can figure it out. There's other ways that you can do it. Right. I had everything set up. So finally, two minutes before I'm supposed to go in. No way. Update. Two minutes? I, I promise you it's set up. And I quickly jump on. I go in there and it, they have like a green room. So on, it's like you look at Zoom, but it's just me, Nikki and Ralph. And then we're being talked to by the producers. And they said, okay, in a couple minutes, we're just going to bring you straight into Howard and Robin. And I was like, uh, you know, like, okay, okay. And so all of a sudden, boom, there shows Howard and Robin. They're sharing a Zoom page with me. And Howard did a 15-minute interview with Nikki and then a 15-interview with me. Wow. Do you think you were more or less nervous because it was Zoom or if, would you have, I mean, obviously in person is preferable, but do you think you felt more comfortable because you were at your house or was it more anxiety because it's like electronics? I felt more comfortable because Nikki Glazer was there. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, Nikki is so funny and such a fucking professional that yeah. to have Nikki there made me feel at ease, which afterwards we called each other and she said the exact same thing about me. It's such a nice touch point too. And it takes, and you really want to give credit to her in that situation too, because that really is, like I remember with when I was touring with Louie, having Joe List there was so comforting because of how um, kind and inclusive Joe List is. Or, and the same thing extended to Nikki because it's like many people would maybe be like, not also facilitating you feeling comfortable they just be like i'm gonna try to do as much as i can for me right now so that's it's that's a very nice that she's so professional and she really she's someone that i really feels like rooting for other comedians like whenever she I, is yeah like she's someone that like likes other comedians and that might sound crazy that we have to like point that out but you know it's not always the case it's, it's not, not always, always the case, case with me sometimes i see other comedians that say fuck all these comedians I have a, like a two minute clip of how we're talking to me if you want to listen to it. Hell fucking yeah, I do. Okay. Can you hear this? Mm-hmm. 
I'm cl- so I clearly have gay voice. I mean, I don't know why gay voice exists in every language: English, Italian, Spanish. Even and this is all part of my bit. So, <laughs> so you know, I'm always being made fun of it. So when I, I'm obsessed with Fortnite, which I became obsessed with over quarantine, which is like a shooting game. But you play with other 12-year-olds, which is bad. I mean, I should be saying 12 have a mustache. But, you know, when you play, I'm afraid. Because when I was 12, I was relentlessly called a faggot. So I'm just so afraid they're going to hear my gay voice and call me a faggot. I start to lower my voice down here. Right. <laughs> but then it doesn't matter. I'm still saying gay shit. When we kill someone, I'm like, you better work. Like, I'm still... <laughs> so when you go on these video games, you're right. You're on with these 12-year-olds. Who needs them beating the shit out of you because you're gay you don't want to deal with the hassle so you have a special voice but what is it with the gay voice in other words when you were a kid you had the gay voice that's it i wonder where, where it, it just comes from somewhere right i it's wonder just, that too it's there comes some guys, heavens. yes and some guys don't have a gay voice right i mean it's just the way it works I know it's it's weird in my head I sound like Gaston like I don't hear my gay voice like in my head I'm like it's true but I (laughs) I hear my I like I'll record you know we record our sets every night I listen back and I'm like my goodness my voice but I'm not used to it I like it I was ashamed but now I like it before you came out when you were ashamed when you didn't want people to know you were gay were you able to hide your gay voice would you would you uh walk around with a whole different uh, attitude well i think i thought you know i think a lot of gay people or queer people try to hide their identity and make up for it walk a certain way talk a certain way act a certain way but i mean at the same time i was working at michael's so it's not <laughs> so that's a part of the interview that's great I always, I do wonder that about gay boys too. And and I actually also, whenever I, if I meet someone who has the quote unquote gay voice and they say they're straight, I feel like I'm a party of one at this point in my life. I'm like, okay, I fucking believe them. But, but it's a real thing. Cause I know two people that are identified as straight and are like, you know, have the, and I believe them. I believe them. I, I believe them. It's 2020. So if that's you, that's you. I but totally yeah, agree. You could hear my voice. I was nervous. My voice was like trying to not. I was like, no. I didn't think so. I mean, also, it, if and I didn't notice that at all, but also people, if someone doesn't know you, they're not going to know your voice sounds different. I did not think your voice sounds different. How do you usually deal with nerves? Is it and is it a different type of nerves between stand up and then doing something like this? Um, I'm actually quite good with nerves. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this was the most nervous I'd been in, in the last time I got this nervous is when I opened for Aziz at Radio City, mm-hmm. which is 7,000 people. But I, I'm actually really good with my nerves. I feel nervous. I recognize I'm nervous. But the second Howard started talking and I just know that like Jared Freed gave me good advice. He was like, just have bits, write them down, right. write down your bits, write down your jokes. You don't have to use them but just have them there in case. And that actually was just enough because I was like, oh, I do this every night. Right, plug it in. I remember Mark Norman saying before he went on um, Joe Rogan, he was like, he was like, I wrote out every good story I have and every joke I have, like I like prepared for it. Has Jared done, Jared Freed, who's a comedian, has he done um, the Howard Stern show? No. No. Nikki's the only one I know that's done the show that's like of our, our. I mean, she's right. above us, you know what I mean? But like of our caliber, like of right. our level or whatever so but we, we did the show for an hour and a half and i i had a lot of funny jokes and i got to make howard laugh really really hard mm. which felt good because after all those years of him making me laugh and bringing me so much joy 
I finally got to make him laugh. Like to me, it felt like a little gift. I was like, you know, like, cool. I got to make you laugh. Right. It felt yeah, it's good. like a back I mean, and forth. At that point, it becomes it's a it's also so surreal when you do something you've thought about for so long. It's just mm-hmm. it's such a amazing moment too because it's like you're not to be too hippy dippy, but I do like this stuff. It's like you're coming into the memory, mm-hmm. and then you're like, this, my uh, my memory, and that's why visualization can be really powerful. You're like, I'm I visualized this, I wanted this, I pictured this, and now I'm stepping into this memory I created mm-hmm. as a reality, mm-hmm. and it's just. And then how'd you feel afterwards? You start to go, you don't remember much and you start to go over your <laughs> head. And I immediately called Nikki and I was like, Nikki, you were so funny. Was I funny? Did I do well? Did right. I do well? And she was like, shut up. <laughs> she was like, you know, yes, you did very well. I got tons of messages of fans saying, God, you made me laugh or thank you for making my morning better or new fan. Or, you know, one guy was like, I'm straight, I'm a Republican, I'm voting Trump. He's like, but I just want to let you know you have a new fan, which I'm like, I, I get it. I get I get the sentiment. I, get it, I understand the sentiment. So I, I that is good. It's Progress. so interesting. It, it, it's just, it also is interesting when people need to qualify that. There's a comedian in Boston, he still is in Boston, still is a comedian, but I don't know if he does this joke anymore. I just remember hearing him say this, a straight guy too, he would talk about how if someone liked something that had to do with a gay person or any commentary on that they go i'm not gay but and then say the thing and it's like all right why why the qualification if you if he had just written you and said great job you wouldn't be like well i bet you fucking are a democrat that sucks a bunch of dicks you know you wouldn't have thought much of it right i here's the thing i'm always trying to like take myself out of my existence and see someone else's existence not everyone else has existed in the same world we have of course of course so maybe they're not I'm going to, I don't know what word to use, but like, let's just say you grew up in a small town and you're exposed to only people in your small town. Right. Whereas we're in front of audiences every single night on planes flying. So it's like, what they're trying to say is like, people like you are not in my world. Yes, yes. And I've been taught, the subtext, the subcontext is I've been taught that because you're gay, I am not supposed to like you. I am not supposed to think you're funny, but you have broken something Mm -hmm. in me that has shown me that I was wrong right so in a way if you if you spin it that way it's 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 even though right what you're saying is it makes sense and it makes it more of a compliment too because it's like look like you are not supposed to be for me but you are and I want to let you know you broke that barrier as a testament to your personality and humor so right there it is right there it is that's so, yeah, so fun. I'm just on cloud nine. And then Howard t- talked about me the next day and said even more Woo! complimentary things. And so I mean, if I never go back on the show again, ever again for the rest of my life, I did something I said I wanted to do. And uh, and now I've met almost all two of my idols are dead. But the other three I've met. That's I met awesome. Mariah Carey. Yeah. I met Howard Stern and I met Fran Lebowitz. Wow. That- I, I got to ask them all questions. All right. We're going to take a quick break. and We're going to be right back. All right, we're back. I don't know if I've met idols of mine. Who, your, who, who, like, would you want to meet that is your idol that if you met, like, the only person that's above Howard is Barbara Streisand. Mm. So if I'm a, Barbara, a tough one I to would, meet, I would throw myself into the river. I would. 
these idols that I say are people that I'm more just like a fan of a fan of. I love Jennifer Lawrence. And I was just listening to some interviews that she did the other so day. Funny that you I just think she's so great in interviews. I mean, I'd actually really have to think about it. I don't have people off the top where that I look to the same way. I mean, I think the person, if I could just be a fly on the wall for someone would be Obama. If I could just listen to what he's doing and saying and thinking for a week, or if I could say, hey, look at this past five years of my life. What do you think here? How can I improve? I would say him. Well, let me ask you, Hmm. who did you look up to when you were little? When I was little, I mean, I really liked Ellen. And right. well, you know, no, I wasn't. I looking. want to meet Ellen. She's yeah, I would love to meet Ellen. You no, know, I didn't know. Not when I was little. The The first like person I remember being like really thinking was funny was Rosie O'Donnell and watching her show. Love and then also at this the comedian, Bruce, Bruce. Have you ever heard of him? Who? His name's Bruce. Bruce. He used to host Comic Bruce, View. Bruce. Let me look yeah, him up he's, he used to host Comic View. He's really funny. I didn't know he was. I didn't know either of them were comedians, but I just remember thinking he was really funny oh i do know who bruce, bruce yeah is. yeah he was a great host i didn't know he i didn't understand at the time i just thought they were both very i just liked them i didn't know what it was but but rosie o'donnell was the first show that i watched me and my sister would watch it you know i think it was like three to four or four to three or something like that and that yes. was you know i remember thinking you know what but I like, love- when you start but like the, i mean what, i guess what i'm trying to get to is Give me a definitive answer of someone even now from when you were younger or it doesn't have to be younger. I don't have it in the same way because I didn't look, I didn't, I wasn't, I just didn't have that really, I didn't, that wasn't something, the only person I can really think of that I like was like, wow, I want to meet this person so, so bad. And I met them was, there's a manager in entertainment named Barry Katz. And back in the day when I first got into entertainment, I started reading every interview of his and I was like, wow, I like the way he thinks. I like the way he does stuff. And I would picture meeting him and I would picture a picture, 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 picture meeting Barry Katz. And one time I tagged him in a Facebook photo. It was me looking up at the sky and Chelsea Handler had a book out at the time called, are you there? God, it's me, Chelsea. Mm -hmm. And I I said, are you there? God, are you there? Barry Katz, it's me, Emma. And then he wrote me on Facebook and I was at the chiropractor and he wrote me. He said, did you mean to tag me? I said, uh, I have a log line for a movie. Can I pitch it to you? And then you'll never have to hear from me again. So he goes, okay. So I send him this log line. He goes, I like it. And he was like, it's not the type of thing I do. It was for a, um, a urban comedy that long story. So mm. then I forget what happened from that, but then he, I sent him a clip. He said, send me a clip. And I sent him a clip and he said, I think there's something special here. And then like six months later, I went to LA, I met with him and he was like, I'd like to work with you. And I was like, I have a manager. And then we talked on the phone once when I was in somewhere where I was doing a showcase for colleges. And then I ended up working with him for like a year. Hmm. Um, but I remember when I first met him, I just couldn't believe it because I listened to his interviews. And I remember going up the stairs in his office and then in his office, you look out over like all of LA, it's all hmm. windows. And he said this line to me, which I've talked to other comedians are like, oh yeah, that's like his line. He's like, we're going to hang a white flag up over Hollywood. He's got a lot of lines. What does that mean? That Hollywood's going to like, like we surrender to Emma? I don't know what it was exactly. And he has another line. He goes, I bet you bring your your cell phone in the shower with you, which is his way of saying you're you're a hustler. But then, um, but (laughs) but, you know, every time I see him at like a festival, it's always really nice. I'm not working with him anymore. Mm. But uh, every, when I see, and he will send the holiday card still. 
I really liked them. He talked to my mom and I was like, mom, remember how much I used to always talk about Barry Katz? She's like, yes, I do. Sometimes mm-hmm. I thought you liked him more than me. And she said that while I was in his office on speakerphone. And I was like, yes, that's not because he was like, pick it up. I want to see if your mom sounds like you do the impression of her. So I picked it up, put it on speakerphone. And but I I don't. What have, would your mother say if she was on the Howard Stern show? Like, I'll be Howard Stern. OK, I don't think she knows the first thing about Howard Stern. She'd be like. She'd be like, I don't know why you want to talk to me. <laughs> I mean. That's great. You have a big audience. I have to take, I have to take, you know, my brother Zeke, I have to take him to a foot appointment. But if you want to talk to me, yes, can I help you? Uh, yes, I do want to talk to you. Um, your, your, uh, your daughter being a lesbian, has that, mm-hmm. how has that affected your life? Not, not at all. No, I, I, you know, I don't see what that has to do with anything. Really, you know, no, it, it has an effect. You know, I think it, I, maybe it's harder for her and, but you know, I don't see, you know, no, it, that hasn't affected my life at all. You know, I, no. <laughs> all right. Defensive on that. Alien. Um, how would you survive? If what was it? If she was in the movie Alien, how would she survive? I, I haven't seen that movie, Howard. I haven't seen that movie. I, you know, I don't, I, or if I have, I don't know. I, I don't know. We don't, you know, I, I, I haven't seen it. I don't, I don't like violence in movies. I, <laughs> I, I don't, I like Downton Abbey very much. And other than that, I haven't. How would you survive in Downton Abbey? Well, well. I haven't seen the show, so I don't know. <laughs> well, well, that's a silly question because I'm not in Downton Abbey. So I don't know how I would survive. I suppose, you know, I'd probably be very lucky to be in the, in the privileged class. And I would appreciate that, but. You know, so I would probably just surround myself with the workers and and appreciate it. But I would be lucky. I'm very lucky. So I, you know, I, I just to be honest, I'm, I mean, I am lucky. So I guess I'd have the servants do it. I know, I don't know if that's what they're called, but the workers, the workers. Remember when she did the Titanic one and she said that she was well, I would be, I would probably be in the more expensive section. You know. And my aunt Cindy literally said, I'd be in the bottom of the boat. I know. My mom, she's like, you know, if it's most likely I would be in the, the fancy section, so I guess I would just. Uh... That was so funny. We predicted exactly how our families would respond to the Titanic. You said ex- yeah. almost exactly what your mother Somebody said. screwed up. My aunt Cindy goes, I'd panic. I'd scream. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know why the hell they did this if they knew there could be an iceberg. Like, you know, she, oh my God, Mateo, with this election, she is, I mean, I know everyone is, but I, I mean, I, I was like, are you going to be all right if Trump wins again? She goes, she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. It really pisses me off. And I'm like, I mean, you know, it's not, I don't see it affecting her day-to-day life, but I know that's not what it's about, but. Well, she's empathetic. She's she empathetic. Under- she understands that this vote is for a lot of other people, not just them. Exactly. And she's embarrassed. And she thinks that the country's going to hell in a handbasket if <laughs> if he wins, you know, my, you know, so I would I would actually be she just gets so mad. I, I really think that she would be. I don't know what I, I wonder if she, I don't know what she would do. I think she would just stay in Cambridge, Massachusetts if he wins. I think like, that's where she's going to stay anyways. So she's going to stay, but she tr- she does travel quite a bit. I mean, I guess she would still go to Guatemala. She's supposed to go to Florida. 
for January through like Florida. six like, months. COVID. What COVID? I'm surprised that's where she wants we to go. But no masks. We lick all the poles. We share everything. We hold old hands. We are Florida. That was beautiful. Thank you. Is there anywhere people can find this the Howard Stern interview, or do you have to have serious? I think you have to have serious. Maybe uh, we'll start putting clips up on YouTube. So if they do, I'll I'll share that with everybody. Please. Or also, I bet you can sign up for a SiriusXM subscription, but don't you have to have a special extra subscription to hear him? Or I don't wrong? know, because I got it for free through some right. grandfather thing. I had gotten it for free, too. Like, oh, when I did that show once a month on Raw Dog, I had a subscription, and I was able to give out subscriptions. So I gave out, like, tons I think of- you gave me mine. Does it still work? Give it back. I want that code. Oh, I'll give it yeah. back. I'll give it back. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want it to, if it would, you can only have one thing, but I gave it to, I don't think it must be from something else because I gave it to a ton of people. And then when I stopped doing my monthly show, I got like a ton of messages being like, my code's not working. What happened? I was like, oh, I stopped doing the show. And people were like, fucking A. Sorry about that. Well, my this bad. has been a fun, different Such episode, a fun episode for us. Thank you guys so much. And I want to say, Maybe I should try to put this at the beginning. I got a last-minute show in. I'm going to be at Zany's Comedy Club in Chicago, November 6th, 7th, and 8th. What? Yeah, to- socially distanced. You know, I think they only allow in 50 people at each show. But I wasn't going to do Z- – I-, I do have new material since the last time I was there, and it's, like, extenuating. I got to send my family. Please do. It. I guess they really – you know, it's inside, but everyone's spaced out. And Oh, I've my heard- God, Chicago. Good yeah. for you. Yeah, well, also, let's just say, everybody, please vote. Please, please vote. go out and vote. Please, I already voted. I sent my absentee mm-hmm. ballot in. Done. Too. done I saw done. lines around the block you did. today. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yes. Four-hour waiting lines in wow. New York right now. Why doesn't everyone just do the absentee ballot? Because people don't... God, it's just it's a whole thing. Yeah. Anyhow. All right, well, thank this you guys so fun. much. Star Bands Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.